Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club, the place investors go to learn tips, tricks, and stories from other investors in the field. Before I introduce today's guest, I have three short housekeeping items to cover. First, if you like our content, the best way to support us is simply to like, subscribe, comment, or share this episode with your friends and family. Second, we are active investors ourselves and are always on the lookout for mobile home, RV, mixed-use commercial, and multifamily properties and MSAs with a population of 100,000 or more. So if you are also an active investor and have something you think we may be interested in, we would love to take a look. Send us the details of the deal at www.therealestateinvestingclub.com. Third, if you are a new investor and would like to learn how to get started or scale your real estate investing business, go to www.therealestateinvestingclub.com to check out our course. So without further ado, let's dive right in. We have a very special guest with us today, so buckle up, grab your pen and paper, and enjoy the ride. Right, and we are live. Today we have with us Lane Kawaoka. Lane is an ex-civil engineer who invests passively in real estate from Honolulu, Hawaii. Lane used to be in a big bad private company as a construction engineer, but after some saving and investing, he found happiness and balance at a lower paying job. Lane journals his experiences in simple passive cash flow podcasts that is on iTunes and Google Play. Um, Lane's parents got screwed out of the 401k and stock market, and it's his mission to get everyone out of the corrupt Wall Street roller coaster and into Main Street investing with safer, higher returns that benefit the middle class of America. Lane, thank you very much for hopping on the show today. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me, Gabe. Appreciate it. Absolutely. To get everybody started, why don't you tell us, you know, who you are, what you do, and how you got started in real estate in the first place. So today I own 3,500 units, uh, mostly mobile home parks and apartment buildings in secondary and tertiary markets, uh, mostly in the south, southeast part of the United States. Uh, Nothing in Hawaii. And uh, I spent about 12 years living in Seattle, nothing in those primary markets out there. Mainly a cash flow investor. But yeah, I started this uh, back in 2009 with a few units up in Seattle, Washington. And um that was where I got this bug of you know buying for cash flow, and then uh, first property I bought was up in Maple Leaf, just south of Northgate there. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty two hundred a month language. rent, and uh, the mortgage was sixteen hundred. And to a young twenty something year old kid, that was a lot of beer money, and uh, that was my ticket out of the rat race. So I was like, just got to keep doing this. And that's where it all began. I love it. And you know, you mentioned two things, mobile home parks and multifamily. That's uh, mobile home parks is what me and my partners do now. And so uh, I'm excited to jump into that. But uh, before we do, I want to go a little bit further into your story. So you, um, you, you got your first rental sounds like in uh, the Northgate area, which for people who are not familiar with Seattle, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a decent market. It's in, it's very close to Seattle. So it sounds like you probably had some really good cash flow there. Um, and that first, what what year did you buy that in? Two thousand and nine. So oh wow, two thousand nine. Yeah. Per, did, so was it? Uh, had the price crashed at that point, or did you get it at the bottom, or was it still kind of on its downward trajectory? I think I bought it and then went down a little bit, but then around two thousand twelve, that's where everything kind of lifted, right? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, the first one, it all, it everything worked back then, right? I mean. You could, you <laughs> cash flow on that and then but you know around 2012 i had 
I, I bought a, a duplex down, out there in Del Ridge out in South Seattle. And um, you know, that one was a little, I started to get more sophisticated. I started to learn more about the rent to value ratios and you know, how you don't really buy for cash flow in places like Seattle or California. So I started to look elsewhere um, and then start also start to look at less like, you know, like, you know, investors don't buy luxury places, right? It's just doesn't, the numbers don't work. So I started to look elsewhere and that's where I started to buy turnkey rentals out in Birmingham, Atlanta and Indianapolis. And that was when I 1031 exchanged those properties in Seattle. And then I had 11 properties in 2015. That was kind of my next step. Wow. That's uh, that's fantastic. So you went from Seattle um, to Birmingham, Alabama. That's a, that's a huge, huge lift there. So uh, take that first, um, you know, out of state investment. How did you go about buying it? How'd you find it? Um, and how'd you get boots on the ground to make sure that it wasn't a failure? Yeah. I mean, all, like the, the framework that I kind of help people do today, you know, I didn't have any of that. I didn't have any other relationships with property managers. I didn't have, I didn't know about the areas. Um, I was just kind of buying blind, just hoping that, yeah, if, even if I didn't buy it right or buy the best one, at least it cash flowed. So like the first one, it was about $80,000 all in. Um, you know, of course, you put like 25 grand down as a 20% non-owner occupied financing. And then the rents were about eight fifty nine hundred, So it beat the 1% rent to value ratio. And uh, yeah, cash flowed. And that for me, that was proof of concept for me to sell my Seattle rentals and then, you know, buy those, the rest of them out in that market and then Indianapolis and then uh, Atlanta after. Yeah, makes complete sense to me. And you did a, a ten thirty one. Um, so, well, how many units did you have up here? I had three, three, three and you units. sold them all. Yeah, and I think I cashed in maybe like a quarter million dollars of equity. Okay. To buy all the other ones. Yeah. So, so you went from three in a um, very, in my opinion, overvalued market to a uh, um. It probably undervalued market. I don't know much about um, Alabama, but so what? How? What was the? You know, you started with three. What did you get for that in Alabama? Yeah. So the, I mean, the the three. I think the total rents was like twenty two hundred plus two thousand, so forty two hundred a month rents from those three units. And I traded it up for uh, ten properties times a thousand bucks, so ten thousand a month of income. I mean, I'm like more than two x my income right there. Wow. I mean, that's. There's so many investors that do this wrong, right? They they buy something and they say they cash flow, but that's not the you know the complete story. It's the return on equity, right? Mm-hmm. Sophisticated investors know that they need to kind of keep flexing their equity as you know as their equity goes up, the return on equity goes down. So you got to kind of keep flexing your your equity via cash out refinance, uh, HELOC, or just sell the asset, move on. Yep, absolutely. And you did that with a, a 1031 exchange, which is um, the, I mean, the ideal way to do it. So you were just able to roll that into your next investment without having to take any of that tax burden on. Um, so congratulations there. That's a, it's, um, it's great to hear somebody, you know, doing that successfully. Um, from that point, it sounds like you, you moved on to other asset classes. You've gone into multifamily and mobile home parks. Um, so how did you make that transition? Yeah, so that's at that point where I started to, you know, pay a lot of money to join these uh, these mastermind groups, and <laughs> this is where um, you know, I, I learned. I got around other high net worth accredited investors, and it's kind of funny. They a lot of these guys are doctors, lawyers, engineers, twenty years older than myself, but 
you know, they're all saying the same things, you know, in the beginning, you got to do it right. When your net worth is under half a million dollars, you buy a rental property or a duplex or a triplex or whatever, but accredited high net worth investors, um, they focus on their highest and best use, which is might be at their day job, because, you know, six figure salary or $400,000 salary above. And they invest passively in a myriad of different investments uh, via syndication uh, private placements where they're the passive investor. They're putting in maybe 50, 100 grand per deal, and then they're going into several dozen deals and diversifying over in different deals, different asset classes, different partners. Perfect. Um, and so what was your, I mean, outside of going the single family route, what was the, the first deal you did after that, that was um, in the commercial realm? Well, I mean, the first deal where I try tried as a passive investor, um, I invested with the wrong guy. Mm. Um, actually met him through one of those RIA groups up mm. there in Seattle. <laughs> and, um, or I got the referral from somebody there and then turned out the guy was a shyster, but I didn't know any better. And I think more importantly, like I tell a lot of investors, especially credit investors, your network is your net worth. I didn't have a network to kind of spot check who the heck was this character, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, especially today, everybody has a podcast. Everybody has a a channel. Everybody has some PDFs and a website, right? It's really hard to tell without actually building relationships with other passive investors and seeing what they're doing and what success or failures they're having. Yep. Absolutely. And so it sounds like this, uh, this first one, you kind of got in bed with the wrong um, person. You didn't know him. You didn't really, you didn't have that, that, uh, relationship rapport built up and it turned out to be not the right fit. Um, sounds like he might've, uh, you know, not been the, uh, an upstanding character. So yeah, well, the dude, ra- the dude ran off with the money, right? And if people oh. would love to reach out to me, I'd share the name for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that would hurt. Uh, if you ran off with the money that I would, uh, I'd be, I'd be mad for sure. Um, but you, I mean, you kept going after that, uh, and you're, you're back on the top that didn't uh, slow you down at all. Um, so let's go into, let's jump into mobile home parks. Uh, this is something I love talking about. Um, you know, we're closing on our first one out in George Washington, which is just a small, I mean, I don't know if you might know it because you're from Washington, but it's just a dot on the map. Um, so what was your, the first mobile home park that you, uh, that you invested in? Yeah, so I mean, I own majority of my assets are are multifamily. That's where I kind of operate and syndicate deals in that space. But I mean, talking to a lot of investors, they talk about diversification, right? I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you, I don't really know how to operate a, a mobile home parks. It's outside of my wheelhouse. Yeah, I'm gonna find somebody like yourself who can operate it, right? I'm a I'm a accredited investor, more passive investor. So I'm going to use my time and resources to build my network to find folks like yourself who do this as a living, and that is kind of the, the angle I take it. And it, it's incredibly like different reboot for a lot of people. You're not talking to brokers, you're not trying to find deals. You're trying to find people to find good operators to do your mm. dirty work for you. Um, so yeah, so I don't know how they work. I just put my it, money in, yes, right? Yeah. I mean, but it's, 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 I, yeah, it's so harder you're, than that, right? It's harder yeah. than that, right? Yeah, it's, absolutely. So you're, you're looking to be a limited partner. That's, uh, that's how you operate in this space. I mean, you, it yeah. sounds like you've been an active investor. You've been principal on, on plenty of deals, but, um, when it, when it comes to, uh, you know, commercial multifamily, you're, you're, you're investing in syndications and, uh, and, um, private memorandums and things like that. Right. But once I get outside of my lane, which is apartments into mobile home parks or self-storage, 
I know, you know, a good thing about a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners and high performers is they're self-aware, right? So I'm very self-aware that I don't know mobile home parks. <laughs> I don't operate them. It's a different beast. So I stay in my lane. I stay in my little $900 uh, apartment and I'll let you guys rock out on that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you'd be right? surprised. But that's the thing. Like so many investors think that they can do it all, right? Especially yep. these guys who think they can, they're from Seattle or California. They, they think they can buy an apartment in uh, Texas or whatever. Not going to happen, right? Like, dude, I wouldn't invest with you. Like you got to be boots in the ground. Yep. Yeah. And that is the, I mean, that is the hard thing. Uh, you know, out of state investing is, it's a very um, prominent topic these days especially if you live in a place like Seattle where you just can't get the cash flow. So you need to build that, the boots on the ground. And it, it, it is hard to, to do that unless you're actually living in the area. So, um, you know, I applaud you for knowing your strengths and sticking with those and, uh, and not trying to branch out into something that you'd most likely um, have a steep learning curve on. Right. And, and that's why I stopped in the single family homes, right? Because you start to learn as a, as a remote investor that everybody thinks of you as some like lazy rich guy out in Hawaii or Seattle and you're just going to get abused, right? It's like trying to fight with one arm behind your back. Everybody's just going to gouge you on all these plumbing repairs. Like I remember one time I got like this $900 plumbing repair and I was like, well, what was wrong? Right? Like what'd you guys do? Send over two guys at a hundred dollar Google rate for four hours. What do they do? Like play video games and take a nap and like, like what happened, right? Like this, like, this like toilet exploded in a gazillion pieces and they had to clean it all up. Like what happened? Like it's, that's just what happens, right? Like with remote investors. And I don't, that's why I don't know why people do the burr stuff. Like maybe you have to take a chance because your net worth is lower than a quarter million. But like for credit investors, it's just like, man, just find somebody like yourself or somebody who is your, their job, right? To do it. Yep. And uh, I mean, that is the exact reason um, I got started in flips and wholesales. And that's the exact reason why I left flips because I, I did two of them and I realized like, damn, this is, you gotta be, this is a job. Like you need to be an expert at flips in order to make it, make real money in it and make it, you know, a, a valid source of income. I was looking more for um, investing Obviously, you know, repositioning any commercial asset is active, but it's not like flips and more power to those guys. But it is, you know, stay in your lane, master whatever it is you do, and then, uh, and then you know, network with people who aren't in your lane in order to take advantage of, um, you know, their asset classes as well. Uh, yeah, I'm in another um, mastermind called The Collected Genius. And then the guys there that are wholesalers or flippers, they do like well over 100, 200 a year. Um, projects oh, and wow. i look at sometimes i like i watch their presentations and i don't i'm just like geez like the level of sophistication is just mind-blowing the yeah. flow charts and the, the instruction manuals they have for their myriads of staff i mean like, and they joke right all the time like oh they, the local ria guy the mom and pa investor who goes to the weekend seminar like they're just gonna get your their shorts eaten like, there's <laughs> just no way that somebody can compete with those people yep yeah, the volume that some of the flippers do. There's some guys up in Seattle, and it's just like, God damn, you guys, you guys are pros. You you know what you're doing, doing like 15 a month. I'm like, what? Come on, I could barely do one at a time for over the period of four months. How are you doing 15 a month? Um, shoot, I forgot where I was going. I had a I had a track there. Anyways, 
Yeah, but maybe that's like like the way I the reason why I do apartments and probably why you do your stuff is like it's less competitive, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, single families is definitely uh, definitely competitive. Um, the advantage is there's a lot more of them out there, so there is uh, there's more opportunity. But you're right, it is uh, it is more competitive, and it's just nice to be in in something that you know not a lot of people are uh, interested in. Um, at least that's why I like mobile home parks because not really many people want to actually, you know, go out there and, and get a mobile home park. So that's uh, it's to our to our advantage there. Um, moving on, let's see. We already talked about your multifamily. Actually, go in. So do you still own multifamily today, or are you a hundred percent passive limited partner in all your deals? Um, I'm general partner in all my deals. Um, I'm kind of taking a more active approach. Um, had some fallout with some folks, um, and I realized that on behalf of my past investors, I need to, you know, take a more active role in my fiduciary responsibility and kind of be in be in the driver's seat as much as I can. So, um, yeah, I mean, through COVID, you know, collections are just right, well, pretty much right where we were. Right, maybe ninety-seven percent is where we normally hover. You're always going to have a few deadbeats, but you know, April I think it went down to like a few percent points, and then I think at the lowest levels on average it was like low nineties percent. But on, you know, on our deals we're making money as long as we can stay above fifty, sixty percent. So oh. I think that shows the robustness of workforce housing. And, you know, I mean, our business plan is not to you know, work on development type of, you know, heavy value add. We're, we're going we're mainly going into stabilized assets where 90, 90% are occupied or more. Oh, okay. Okay. So you, you are not looking to reposition. You're looking to just buy an asset that's already stabilized and then, uh, you know, rise it with the appreciation and um, benefit off the cash flow. Yeah. Do a little bit of value add. So like maybe four to $6,000 per unit, put in new flooring, new appliances, but not really get into the big stuff like countertops or cabinets, uh, buying something with a little bit of management inefficiency so you can bump the rents up 50, a hundred bucks on average. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, mainly to, you know, we want to walk into a deal with day one cash flow on a project level and then get, get that Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac non-recourse debt to maintain. Makes sense. Um, so go quickly. Uh, you've mentioned mastermind a few times. Um, you know, I've been in masterminds and I know that uh, the benefit of them is being able to take advantage of people who are beyond where you are right now and, and who, who've kind of surpassed your level um, and, and, you know, benefit from their, their expertise. So uh, go into your experience with masterminds and how that's kind of helped your career so far. Yeah. I mean, it's always uh, good to get around people that are the next step beyond you. Um, I would say that's half of it. The other half is just getting around people that are just as motivated and moving on the same path as you. Um, you know, like most of my, my clients are high paid professionals. They're just looking, they're not really looking to do their own deal. They're mainly, mainly looking to network with other people so they can see what they're doing in terms of asset protection, uh, taxes, infinite banking, and what deals they're going into, what sponsor they're investing with. But you know, for me as a more active investor, you know, it's been, it was pretty critical to get around the, the movers and shakers and kind of, it's just nice to see your peers, right. To, you know, who are yeah. kind of doing the same thing. Cause I'm sure, you know, you've got friends from college or before that, you know, they just don't do that stuff. I mean, it's just not in their nature. So peer group, you're the five people you hang out with most, right? Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and especially like, um, you know, in my experience investing can't, if you're, if you're, 
doing it alone, it can get pretty um, isolating. And so being able to be in a mastermind and get, you know, as you said, around like-minded individuals who are, who are doing the same thing um, can really, I don't know, for me, it really motivates. So uh, I love that. And I, you know, I've been noticing your background, um, for anybody watching on YouTube, uh, the join the tribe, um, go into, you know, your podcast and everything you're doing there. Yeah. So I uh, started my podcast back in 2016 when I was still doing single family homes. And then, you know, a lot of my buddies, like, you know, like I was just saying, like a lot of my buddies asked me, well, how am I doing this? I mean, what do you mean? You don't visit the properties you buy. Um, like, how do I do it? And, you know, and waste my time talking to them about it. Right. <laughs> You're like, so God I damn just, it. I'm just going to make a podcast. Yeah, I'm just going to like record this damn podcast and you go listen to it. And most of them don't listen to it. Right. But a lot of people did <laughs> crazy enough. Um, so I kind of built up this big following that kind of just wanted to follow me into what I was investing in. And, um, I've been, you know, every, there's so many gurus out there that teach this stuff. And like, I'm just not into that. I'm just looking for people who want to buy into a group of high quality, high paid professionals looking to network with other passive investors. That's my brand, right? We're not here to teach it. How do you find your own deal? Right. That kind of stuff. No, like we, we are essentially here to help you create your family office, right? Mm-hmm. What deals are you going into? What are you doing for asset protection, liability, infinite banking, you know, all the secrets of the wealthy, right? That I kind of discovered myself, but, um, and then, you know, kind of create the friendships because the relationships are the currency of the rich at the end of the day. Awesome. I love it. Um, and you, everybody that's watching can see, uh, the, the URL to get involved there. Um, but now that the, I'm talking, the zoom camera's on me, so I can't read it. So read off, <laughs> read off. Uh, if somebody did want to get, you know, learn more about that, where should they go? Yeah, they can uh, check out my podcast. It's simple passive cash flow, uh, iTunes, Google play. And then the, of course the URL is simple passive And then if anybody wants to kind of get a hold of me, you know, check out the podcast first. And then, uh, you know, feel free to shoot me an email at lance, we'll pass the But, cool, you know, cool. I think whenever you, you're listening to podcasts, don't be that asshole who just shoots people up and says, yeah, I just saw your, your email. I emailed you, you know, man. Do your homework first. Yeah, do your homework first, bro. Right? You know, I mean, Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. I love it. Hey, uh, we, we are at the end of the podcast and so we're going to go into the quick question round. It's where I ask quick questions. You give quick answers. Starts with the books. Um, I'm a big bookie. So I like to ask people book recommendations, your book recommendation for real estate and then for general life wisdom. Uh, Millionaire Real Estate Investor by Gary Keller. I think once you read that book, you should stop reading books. I mean, go and analyze deals, go talk to people. Um, the 70, 20 or 10 rule is 10% of this stuff is books and podcasts. 20% is talking to people, but 70% is doing it. And the other book, I'm sure you hear this all the time for our work week is pretty cool, but mm-hmm. yeah, you know, stop reading books guys. Like don't, don't, don't fill up your, what do they call the shelf help. <laughs> I like that. And uh, yeah, the million, millionaire real estate investor is a really good one, especially if you, uh, in fact, it's, I think on my website, I, I say it's the, if you only get one, if you only read one book, read that one for real estate. Yeah, I agree. That's totally all I agree. Need. A lot of fundamentals and like, if you don't get it from there, you'll never get it. <laughs> yep. 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 Everything you need is in that one. Um, next question, habits, habits are the foundation of our life. So if you could point at one habit that you feel has contributed the most to your success today, what would that be? 
Is it just executing, um, just doing things? So many people make lists and plan and never get anywhere. Um, you know, and this a lot of things in real estate are relationship based, and you know, nothing happens unless you pick up the phone and call somebody. True words have never been said. Um, next question is advice for your younger self. So if you could go back to Lane, who is just getting into his first deal up here in Seattle, um, sit him down, give him one piece of advice. What would you say? Yeah. So obviously, you know, now as a credit investor, I do mostly private placements and syndications. I still have a couple of rental properties, but, and I'm trying to move away from them. And people ask me all the time, well, shouldn't you have gone to syndications earlier? And as much as I say the the rental properties are a pain, I mean, for me, it was critical. I didn't have net worth of anything when I got started. Um, if I would have played my cards right, I would have gotten up to like a half a million dollars net worth and then gone to bigger deals at that point. But when I was starting out, what I did was probably the best thing I could. I mean, you should you leverage my day job. For my first 10 years investing, you know, my engineering job was my highest and best use where I got paid salary for trading my time. So Perfect. Awesome. Um, and you've actually, the last question you've already answered, which is uh, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, what would be the best way to do that? Yeah, simplepassivecashflow.com. Check it out. Easy as that, simplepassivecashflow.com. I will also put that URL in the show notes below. So if you want to reach out to Lane, um, get involved with what he's doing, go ahead and click through there. Um, again, Lane, thanks for hopping on. I had a great time talking to you. For everybody who's with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You're the reason that we do this. So thank you for being here. Again, the best way to support the show is just to subscribe, like, and share this episode with your friends and family. Other than that, I hope you guys have a good week, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us on the Real Estate Investing Club. If you feel we provided value, we would appreciate it if you hit that thumbs up, share it with your friends online, whatever it may be. If you'd like to share or partner with us on an investment deal, we are always looking for quality projects. Go to www.therealestateinvestingclub.com to get in contact with one of our partners. Otherwise, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic day and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.